This episode of My Cat the Podcast is supported by Untamed Cat Food. Untamed is healthy, nutritious, and judging by the reaction of my cats, absolutely delicious. It's made using 100% human-grade ingredients, comes delivered direct to your door in carbon-friendly packaging, and you can order your trial box now at www.untamedcatfood.com. My cat Vic says it's fantastic. Okay, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to My Cat the Podcast, the show where each week a different guest talks to me about a cat that has changed their lives. I'm your host, Mark Ahrens, and today on the podcast, we'll be talking to Kirsty about her rescue cat, Pip. Kirsty is 36 years old, she lives in West London with her partner Rich, and works for a children's literacy charity. She grew up in Sheffield with rescue cats an ever-present part of the family, including one-eyed tabby Pandora, black-and-white old lady Pippa, and feisty yet lovable tortoiseshell nurse Mishka. Kirsty and Rich adopted Pip as a one-year-old rescue. I became their cat sitter a little while later and was immediately taken by this energetic ball of fluff and the loving bond that she and her humans had created. So, without further ado... Here's Kirsty talking to me about her cat Pip. I've had cats before and I've had rescues before and so has my partner, um, but neither of us have ever had a cat quite like Pip being that she wants to be around humans at all times and when we first got her we made a big point of making spaces where she could be on her own and well that turned out to be totally pointless (laughs) so the biggest thing for us is um we do both work from home quite a lot but we try and minimize the time when any both of us are out at any one time because we're understanding that she needs that's social and it's a mixture of playtime and it's a mixture of cuddles, mostly playtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she seems to be, as a lot of cat people say, I'm sure, she seems to be really in tune with human emotions. And if I'm rushing around to go somewhere, then she tends to get very excited and rushing around with me. Um, my partner, Rich, he's very calm. So she tends to be a lot calmer around him. It's just interesting how she picks up on our different energies and and changes around to those things. She is an incredibly energetic and sociable cat. I remember the first time I looked after her, I could have played with her for hours and still she would have been wanting more. How old is she now? And what are the changes you've seen in her in recent years? Um, so she is going to be three in April. So um, she's much better at playing on her own now. And she has much more of a routine. So um, she kind of waits for us to come to her to play unless it's been all day and then she'll be demanding it. Um, Whereas before it would be like you had to... We were playing with her three or four times a day for, like you said, 
not 10 minutes, it's like 45 minutes to an hour. Mm. It was like taking a dog for a walk. You had to build it into your day. Otherwise, you knew that she wasn't going to sleep or she was going to attack you. Whereas now, she kind of waits for you to come to her and, um, and, and then plays on her own as well. But she sleeps a lot more. So originally, in the beginning... I felt like we had a newborn baby. She would be waking us up every hour from about three o'clock. And we didn't know what to do. And because we live in flats as well, and she's really loud, she meows very loudly, um, we were worried that we were waking other people up. So we would get up and we'd take it in turns to play with her, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, <laughs> until it got to the point where we were desperate and we did essentially sleep train her like some people do with a baby and we had to lock her out and we just had to ride it out um i don't know if that worked or whether winter came and she just started sleeping a bit longer <laughs> but after that winter passed um she'd then yeah she'd come to around two years old and mm-hmm. that was when she started sleeping as long as we did and that was much easier and she does still sometimes get up earlier than us and come and wake us up but it's not like it was before so things have fit into a routine more they've mellowed and we seem to have eased into each other's lives a bit more easily pip's a very beautiful cat she's an unusually beautiful ginger cat could you just describe pip for those that haven't had the pleasure of meeting her so yes she's ginger she's got the big eyes and uh she does do the standing up on the hind legs with the paws in front as if she's begging and looks like the cat from Puss in Boots with the big eyes. She's adorable. She's got a huge tail. She's she's quite thick-furred, quite long. Um, I've never seen cats like that here, but I'm told that it's kind of a more maybe European thing. You'll often see cats with big bushy tails, a bit like a fox. And that's what she's got. She is very fox-like. Yes, she is. I think she looks like Vulpix, the Pokemon, (laughs) if that's an appropriate reference. And she doesn't, you know, because often you'll see when cats are scared or uh, in an aggressive mood, they might, their tail might bush up. Well, we don't see that very much because she doesn't get into those states there's nothing really to push her that way except for one time when rich was watching the football and he did get overcome with emotion at one point and stood up and screamed and the size of this tail it was like twice her own size it was mad it was just (laughs) but yeah it's very cute it does add to her cuteness and some someone said to me you don't ever get an entirely ginger cat they'll always have a patch of white on her and her tail does get a bit lighter at the end uh, but she is entirely ginger and her eyes are a sort of greeny colour and sometimes they almost look like they're turning ginger as well and she can sort of blend into the <laughs> background. <laughs> I think 80% of ginger cats are male. Yeah. That's because of the X chromosome carries the gene which creates ginger fur and because females have two X chromosomes, uh-huh. uh, they need to have two copies of that gene uh-huh. as opposed to males which only need one. So that's statistically, it works out 80%. Oh, I didn't know that. I think that's how it works. Although I, I, could, <laughs> yeah, I could just be making that up, but I think that's correct. Tell me a bit more about how you and Pip came to be together. So we, were, we had bought our flats. It was the first time we were owning anywhere in London. And so we'd not been able to have a cat previously. Rich and I had been together for seven and a half years or something like that and we both knew we were ready to have an animal we're committed now we're buying a house it was time to get an animal um or a flat rather and 
we were actually started the process of looking before we'd even moved into the flat and it was so difficult it was difficult for two reasons number one a lot of people were looking for animals at that point because this was just around i think the second lockdown maybe or just after um the second issue that we were finding was we didn't have an outdoor space and that seemed to be a real deal breaker for a lot of the places, the big places that you look at in London. So Battersea, Cats Protection, um, RSPCA, most of them, it's just a no-go if you don't have an outdoor space, unless it's a feline AIDS cat. But even then, I wasn't finding anything. Uh, so we were kind of like, oh, well, maybe we just have to wait and see what happens. Um, and then my mum who lives in Sheffield and is a big fan of the archers was on a Facebook group that is just for people who like the archers, but also really like cats. So it's like a crossover <laughs> Venn diagram. And she just wrote on there, oh, my daughter is looking for an indoor cat and finding it a real struggle. Does anybody know any um, pet adoption sites that are specifically for indoor cats? And, um, and so it just so happened at that time Pip had she'd been home somewhere and that home wasn't working out and so she was with a foster person who was in touch with somebody else who was in this Archer's Cats group and so they said well this seems like the perfect match she's an indoor cat she needs people who are at home quite a lot and she needs to be adopted as soon as possible really because she can't she's not doing well in the foster home and so we got put in touch and it transpired that actually she'd come over from Kuwait and she uh, there's this amazing team of two women in Kuwait, Faye and Dana, who they, it's not even their job, they just go around rescuing cats and they operate entirely on donations. And they'd found Pip in the street. She was the kitten of a stray. Normally they would leave strays, but she'd been abandoned by her mum. And how old was she? They think she was two, or, two to four days old. She was really little. And they found her, and they found her because she's so loud. <laughs> we'll have to try and get a meow from her. But um, she was squawking in the street, and they found her. And this is a local... Her mum's a local cat that they know of, so they knew straight away. They'd seen that she was pregnant. Um, and they knew she wasn't coming back for her, so that's when they brought her in. And then she was hand-reared with a bottle and looked after in the best way possible... She then had to do the flight over here. They'd found a suitable home in the UK, or so they thought, and then this home hadn't worked out. And that's when she came into our lives. So it was kind of the right time at the right moment. Um, and initially, we were a bit worried that our space wasn't big enough. Um, but the people in Kuwait, they actually interviewed us, and they said, it doesn't matter about your space, it's just how much you're there. And we didn't believe them, and then we got her, and it's so true. We've got... We've got three rooms in this flat and she spends the majority of the time in just one of them. Um, and that's where we are most of the time. So. And you provide a lot of enrichment in this room. When I'm here and I'm playing with Pip, there's so much for her to climb and jump on. You've made this room her room as much as yours. You, you, you've really bought her into your flat and made your flat a place for the three of you. She's very much part of your family. You can feel that instantly. She seems so <laughs> destined to have been your cat. Yeah, I have to say, Mark, I have to give a lot of credit to my partner, Rich, for this, because 
uh, so above our TV we have two shelves and I'd had this dream of having this amazing bookshelf up there and it became apparent really quickly that that is where she wanted to be and if there was anything on there it was coming off you know she was going to be hitting it off and I was thinking of all sorts of ways to stop her going up there and it was Rich who was saying if that's where she wants to sit that's where she wants to sit you can have a bookshelf somewhere else and I gave in and I just I'd wanted to set boundaries but you can't <laughs> boundaries with her so we did we gave in and then I've just come I mean I've always loved cats and I think you know you've got to incorporate them into your home but um with it being our first home as well mm-hmm. there were things that I'd had in mind and you just have to adapt and actually she's happy and now if she goes up on that shelf we're always like oh she's on the shelf so <laughs> much more exciting than books <laughs> tell me a bit more about the charity in Kuwait and the process of bringing Pip over what are they called they're called um, Rafka, which I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's Rescue, Adopt, Foster, Q8. So R-A-F-K-W. And um, as I said, it's two women who don't... That, that's not their jobs. They have other jobs. Um, they also have all of their own animals. They foster as many as they can themselves, but they rely on other people fostering. Um, so um, Faye, who's the one that I still speak to quite a lot, she started because she followed lots of other adoption sites on Facebook, social media, and she helped out fostering with a cat. And then she started doing it herself because the other teams weren't managing because there were so many animals. So they do that now. Um, I know it's been really tough for them over the last few years because of COVID and people haven't got as much money to donate and people haven't got as much space. Um, and also it's hard getting word of mouth out because it's not their actual job or anything they they rely on people like myself who've got a cat from them to spread the word see it on Facebook, see it on Instagram but when I was looking for a cat they never came up in any of my searches or anything like that I just think if more people knew about them then they might have a bit more success and they, they do a really lovely thing where they they as soon as they adopt or um, find a cat or a dog they give them the hashtag rafkw underscore and then the name of the animal so when we got pip she already had a hashtag which is why i started an instagram account for her because she already had followers they were interested in what she was doing but it means that you can look back and you can see how they've come along so you can see her journey so it's quite nice um there's a small community now of people in the uk who've got cats from them and they all tend to sort of follow each other on social media. So you can go back and follow the cat's journey and uh, and see, you know, what happened, why were they rescued and see how happy they are now. And it's really nice to see these That's happy great. endings. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, when she came over, she came over with a certain toy. Now, I know this story <laughs> because I've had the utter pleasure of seeing Pip respond to this toy. I was just wondering if you could tell me the story about this. So this is the blue mouse and um, so Faye who is the lady who runs the charity and look, looked after she actually fostered Pip originally and brought her up to uh, just before one and then sent her over she bought these toys in bulk. I think it's a set of four that you can get and um, so there's a blue mouse and then there's a couple of balls and then there's this other thing in there. Well, she doesn't care about the other three toys, but this blue mouse she's obsessed with. So Faye had bought a whole truckload of these packs because she can use the toys with the other cats she's got. And she packaged up, I think it was about 20 of these mice and sent them over with her. 
and we would yeah we just let her have all of them all at once <laughs> which is such a mistake because then we realized how precious they were because she plays with them there's no other toy that we can buy that she will play with like this mouse we don't know what it is we've tried to find other toys where they've got a bell in them or they've got a certain kind of catnip and we just can't isolate it to one particular thing we don't know whether she associates it with home or you know her initial upbringing um but the most difficult thing is that you cannot buy these anywhere in the uk so uh originally we got more sent over this lovely lady in kuwait she she sent them with another cat she was sending and i went to brighton to collect them this is how precious they are and then we went through all of those and we were rationing them and we probably one every two weeks is about as much as we can get before she's destroyed them and so I found somewhere in Ireland and I was back and forth emailing the warehouse of them. I've emailed the place in China that makes them. <laughs> they haven't got back to me. So I did get 20 more from Ireland, which she's got three left of now. And I think the shop in Ireland has shut down. Because oh, no. I just emailed them to get some more. So I'm on the hunt now to find the new place where I can get the oh, blue mice your from. new blue mouse <laughs> dealer. Yeah. yeah. I've had the utter delight of giving... Pip a new one of these mice and the reaction from her is is incredible oh and she then carries them they're mm. her favorite to carry to the food so she fetches we've never had a cat that fetches before so if you throw the mouse she'll fetch it back and she always carries them so we'll make wake up in the morning and there might be three of these mice in, in various states of destruction in the food bowl <laughs> <laughs> yeah i find um the story of how you guys ended up together and she ended up in your family really fascinating when i first met you three it just felt like she was the perfect cat for you guys um and you were the perfect owners for her you really work as a team um how do you see your relationship going forward and your lives going forward do you have plans for the future and how do you imagine your relationship with pip might evolve well it's such a huge consideration of ours at all times. What do we do about Pip? What you know? How can we keep her happy? One thing we're really keen to do is to get an outdoor space. Uh, when she came over and they asked her to be an indoor cat, the reason was she's always been an indoor cat ever since she was rescued. She is very inquisitive and the people who rescued her were worried that if she was allowed outside straight away, she'd end up getting run over or stolen. We're at a position now where we think she'd probably be okay in the right area if she was allowed to go outside, and we just think she'd love it. So we're thinking about where we can move in the future, how we can give her that space. Um, we also have... Well, I have thought a lot about getting her a friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she grew up with other cats. Interestingly... One of the cats she was around was paralysed, uh, the bottom half of her. And so that cat would, you know, drag herself by her front paws. And you still will see Pip do that now. <laughs> she will drag herself along with her back legs sort of hanging out as if she learnt that. And they got on really well. Those She used to get out and curl up as if that was her kind of mum, maybe. It might be something in the future where we consider getting a kitten and seeing how she yeah. responds to that. Um, and the other thing is, is I am currently pregnant. So we're due to have a baby in May. And that's something I think we've both been thinking about. How do you adapt to that? And 
what will she be like? Because she really only knows us, you know, she lives in this little bubble of this kind of one room and me and Rich and you now as a cat sitter and we have invited friends around with small children and she seems to quite like them. Like she yeah. thinks they're a friend, a little, another little cat to play with. But a baby's a different story. Um, there are times when she gets overstimulated and that's something that we've been looking at. What is it that does that to her? We can't isolate it yet, um, but we'll, we'll manage that as it comes and if we see it as being something that's... Yeah, I've... I'd be really surprised if she'd show aggression to a baby. I guess that's always a consideration, but there's never a point in my mind where I think, oh, well, we'd have to think about rehoming her. I mean, she's part of the family. You know, you wouldn't rehome your first child if they didn't get on with the second child. <laughs> that's how I see it. We'll find a way. But, yeah, hopefully they'll just be best friends forever. <laughs> Is there anything you're doing to help get her ready? we're constantly googling how do you prepare cats for babies which sounds mad but things like playing baby noises now so that if they're distressing she doesn't necessarily just associate it with one large change that's happened all at once she doesn't just associate it with this one small being and get angry or territorial it's been a gradual introduction um things like buying the baby's furniture in gradual steps so we'd been thinking oh we'll wait because we've got quite a small place but we're going to start getting it now so that she can sniff it and get used to it and the changing environments. And then I guess we just have to go from there. But as far as me being pregnant, it's been quite interesting because she's been a lot more affectionate. She is an affectionate cat, but she will get up close to the bump and she'll purr on it. And the baby responds to that. And she'll purr as long as she can until she gets hit in the head too many times because <laughs> it just kicks. She'll be on it and it'll find its way to her and kick her in the head <laughs> in an affectionate way, I hope. <laughs> but you can tell that there's some sort of, yeah, that, uh, well, I think there's a bond already, but um, it's kicking now while I'm talking about her. So, yeah, we'll see. It'll be really interesting. But uh, we'll, we'll be looking to move... Um, after we've had the baby at some point and it'll be not just a consideration for us in our space but we'll be looking for someone that's got a great outdoor space yeah. for her as well yeah i find that trying to do the right thing by my cats takes up so much of my mind space it's a huge responsibility isn't it totally different from the um, experience of having cats as a child having cats as a child is quite different to having cats as an adult because you do feel such a level of responsibility that you just don't know about as a child. Of course, you love your pets and you look after them, but there are times when it gets really hot in this flat. And I know that during the last heat wave that we had, I know we were both quite stressed about our cats yeah. and how they were coping. And I we just got a, a system set up with an air conditioning unit that goes out of the window um, and that fell down and I wasn't in the room and I just thought Pippa jumped up and I thought she was out of the window and I've never experienced the the level that my heart was going and the fear, the thought that she jumped out of a window, a two-storey window. Oh. And, and yeah, you just, you, you have this new appreciation for what it's like to look after an animal or 
being that needs your help. Good preparation for parenthood. Definitely. And I will say, actually, Rich and I, we've been together for it'd be nine years soon. And, you know, we know each other very well. But getting a cat was really interesting. And we didn't get a cat as a precursor to having a baby. But actually, it has taught us something about working as a team and mm. how, you you know, we, we do have different ways of of approaching looking after the cat. And it's been quite eye-opening and in a good way and it's brought different levels of communication to us and and also it's made me I didn't know it was possible but it's made me even fonder towards him because I just see the level of care that he gives to this animal and I just think you're such a good person (laughs) and it's so nice and I yeah I just think it's like you said she's part of our family now but she's added a really lovely dynamic and dimension to us that I didn't necessarily know was possible Thanks, Kirsty. That's great. I really enjoyed talking with Kirsty about Pip. I went into our conversation thinking I knew their story already. I thought the story of Kirsty, Rich and Pip was going to be of the unpredictable nature of the universe. How a billion tiny coincidences can combine to create the most improbable of realities. A vulnerable, four-day-old kitten abandoned in the Middle East ends up being the adored cat of a young couple in West London via a Facebook group, two foster homes and a failed adoption. Incredible and yet somehow it feels like there was a sense of inevitability about it. But whilst we were talking, that wasn't the thing that most leapt out at me. To me, the story of Kirsty and Pip is one of building a family, of listening to each other and adapting accordingly, of appreciating each other's needs, making concessions and building an ever stronger bond as a result. Kirsty and Rich are so lucky to have a cat like Pip, as is she to have humans like them. The little unit they have built is a beautiful thing, and I wish them all the luck in the world as it continues to grow. One thing is for certain. Their imminent arrival will be joining a family full of love, and will have a fantastical feline friend waiting for them in Pip. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to spread the word, like, subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on social media. And if you've any comments, questions, or you'd like to share your own cat story, please get in touch at mycatthepodcast at gmail.com. And join me next time for more cat tales on My Cat the Podcast. Meow for now. <laughs>